Today's podcast is supported by Words of Passion, self-publishing for passionate writers who inspire others. If you're overwhelmed by publishing, relax. Words of Passion guides you through the whole process, editing, design, layout, printing, and even uploading your book. That way, you can be a proud author without the stress. Visit wordsofpassion.com and get published now. Now entering Nerdist.com. Los Angeles, we've got a treat for you. There's a new live Dead Pilot Society on Sunday, November 12th at Largo at the Coronet. You don't want to miss this one. Of course, you know Dead Pilot Society is the uh, live series and podcast that I co-produce in which we hold stage readings of pilots that were bought and developed but never shot. So it's usually the first time that the writer is hearing their work read aloud. Uh, We have two amazing pilots on November 12th by Rob Schraub, who's the co-creator of the Sarah Silverman program. He wrote one called Jet Pacula, specifically for Patton Oswalt, and Patton is going to perform in this show. Uh, And then our other pilot is called Red State, Blue State, it's written by Adam McKay, who, of course, you know from Anchorman. He wrote and directed The Big Short. Uh, he's done a million uh, really great comedy movies, as well as Chris Henchy, who wrote The Campaign and the other guys, a bunch of other very funny comedy films. Um, that one was written specifically for Anchorman's Dave Keckner, and Keckner is going to perform in this live show on the 12th. Uh, other performers include Tony Hale, starring as the titular Jet Pacula, uh, Constance Wu from Fresh Off the Boat, Michaela Watkins, Baron Vaughn, Mikey Madison from Better Things, uh, as well as some of our uh, uh, Dead Pilot Society all-stars, Craig Kukowski, Maria Blasucci, Joel Spence. It's going to be a really fun time. Uh, Once again, that's November 12th, Sunday night. What else do you have to do? Game of Thrones isn't on. Come watch this show. Uh, go to writerspanel.tumblr.com for all the details, or go to largo-la.com for tickets. Hey, here's a special episode for you today, recorded live at Idiot Fest back in June. It's the creator and stars of the terrific IFC show Stand Against Evil, our old pal Dana Gould of The Simpsons and many other shows as well as being a great stand-up comic, is the creator of the show, and he sits down with John C. McGinley, formerly of Scrubs, and our pal Janet Varney, Legend of Korra, JV Club, and of course the Thrilling Adventure Hour, uh, and the nerdist Jessica Chobot to talk about the new season of Stan vs. Evil, which starts November 1st. That's tomorrow. Uh, if you haven't watched Stan, it's a really good show. I recommend it. This sounds like an ad, but it's not an ad. I just like this show, and I asked Dana if I could put this panel on. Uh, as I said, this was recorded back at Idiot Fest in June, which is the first of what we hope will be many Idiot Fests. Uh, it was a really fun weekend of uh, music and comedy and comic books and other stuff uh, curated by our Nerdist boss, Chris Hardwick. Um, So hopefully there will be more of that in the future. Chris, if you're listening, and I know you listen to every podcast on the network, more Idiot Fest. We had a great time. Please enjoy this episode. I think you will. cantankerous, Archie Bunker-esque character, and you ride that line of funny but serious so perfectly. Well, I'm a sheriff. Yeah, It's not like I'm good. I take that responsibility extremely (laughs) seriously. (laughs) But how much of that banter that you guys have back and forth is improv, and how much of it is actually part of the script? No, almost everything Dana puts on the page. Really? When you're doing, we do eight episodes in five weeks, which is preposterous, Mm -hmm. and so unless it's on the page, you're dead meat. So, in other words, if, if we were relying on the actors to come to the set every day and pull a rabbit out of a hat, that would be a, a, a pretty tricky bargain. So, what Dana puts on the page, we do. Nice. I could elaborate on what John just said, but this is neither the time nor the place. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it is both. All right, so the show comes across um, as a lot of, like, just crazy fun. What are some of your favorite episodes? Mine, I really enjoyed the um, 
dating circle that you guys had where everybody became possessed near the end? Okay. Um, I, I don't know about my favorite episode, but last night uh, we had a demon who shoots vines out of her hands, and I was encased in these vines fighting this demon. And it was about 90 degrees, and it was 5 in the morning, and while I was encased in these vines, cockroaches started to crawl up my rectum. And so, that was great. Oh. <laughs> it is, we were shooting last night in Atlanta until 5.15 in the morning, and then went into town and got cars and flew here. Mm-hmm. And John was fighting a, uh, a demon that covered him in vines, and for a lot of the scenes, it looked like he was raping Sigmund from Sigmund <laughs> the Sea Monster. <laughs> And that's actually the origin of that episode, and I had to change it to avoid litigation. How much, um, I guess I should say, why witches and not a bajillion of other different types of quote-unquote monsters that you could have tapped into? Well, I thought it would be good. Zombies hasn't really been done yet. (laughs) Um, uh, I wanted to have it just... I mean, the the show was inspired by... uh, Stuff that I watched as a, as a kid, uh, there was a show called The Night Stalker that was mm-hmm. on in the early in the mid '70s, and some people might remember it. I'm 753 years old, um, and uh, Dark Shadows, Night Gallery. It was a lot. Of, it, it was really, although I grew up, in, you know, I had the same love of '80s horror that everybody here has. I was a kid in the 70s, and this show was really influenced by that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be great to just, you know, zombies are great, and, and they're well-served in other areas. And so I wanted to uh, just open the palette up to do different kinds of stuff every week. Because zombies is so popular right now, and it's like kind of the like quick and easy monster in order to get the show produced. Right. Did you have some problems running into trying to convince people that witches were the way to go for this? No, actually, there were, I have to say that the, I, the network IFC was, was really, really great. Um, the, the, I originally wrote the, uh, the show uh, as a fun little internet thing. I thought it'd be like a five to seven minute thing based on the theory of what if my dad was Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Because <laughs> My, my father is, you know, as I've described him, Archie Bunker without the elegance and sophistication. And to give you an example of who my father really is, when his mother was getting ready to pass on, he called me up and said, you better get your ass on a plane. Your grandmother's got one foot in the grave and the other on a banana peel. Um, so, <laughs> it took me a minute and then I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And uh, so I wanted to put that character, it's like, it's not that he doesn't believe in monsters, he just doesn't care. Yeah. And, um, and uh, so that was sort of the genesis of it. And then I was having uh, lunch with somebody from IFC who just happens to be a friend of mine, and they said, you should write like a funny X-Files, you'd be good at that. And I said, I actually just did. And that was the beginning of the process that became the show. Perfect timing. Yeah, Do you guys have choice. any kind of favorite monsters that you want to see on the show? Oh, well, I just... I, I would think, oh. You're not. But, this, but, but then I picked the... But then... Um, women will not be silenced! I try to turn it into something super political. I was starting to get uncomfortable with the amount of times I've been strangled in season one. What's that about, Dana? Is it easy go-to? <laughs> strangled again? No. Um, strangled again uh, is my spinoff show. Um... Uh, I love. I just love that there are so many practical effects, as you guys saw. We're, we yeah. don't. We're not. We don't have to act opposite CG monsters where you're sort of getting scared by a tennis ball. We have amazing. Uh, we have an amazing special effects crew. We have an amazing. We have puppeteers who come in and um, bring these things to life. We have uh, people who come in and just distribute slime evenly across certain creatures. Um, I don't know what our slime, slime budget is, but it's it's, is it's, it's robust. Yeah, we have a robust. <laughs> Slime budget, um, but but I love it. I love. Uh, I mean, we loved Murgatroyd. That's the scary kind of pig demon who had wrapped his uh, pigtail around John's neck. Him getting strangled for a change. Um, yeah. <laughs> Vengeance is mine. Um, 
And uh, what else do I love? I mean, I, well, well, there's one this season that we shot with, uh, can I say who the guest star was for Pony? So Stephen Ogg from A Million Things, including Walking Dead, um, came in and did a, a wonderful guest starring role this season. And, uh, and I love that whole storyline. Uh, I'm really, really excited to see. Well, he plays a pony, Dana. Um, a sweet little pony that yeah. is not so sweet. And it's is a also man a, who uh, turns into a terrifying pony. And hopefully at some point we'll be able to share the footage of uh, Stephen being responsible for pulling a horse tail through a hole in his own jeans for an effect. Yeah, we, I like it when stuff is real. And we, we have this guy named Bob Shelley, who's one of these guys that's just been in the business forever. And uh, he's like... like uh, like the last footage you saw of the thing exploding on the clip, you're like, well, uh, you know, if you want, we can just blow it up. I'll just, uh, I got an M80 cap on the truck and we'll just, uh, I'll just pop a cap in that pop and I'll just pull it up. And if, if you want goo, we'll just get a goo bag. I got green, blood, colored, and black. I got any goo you want on the truck. We'll just blow it up. Did, did Deborah, t- Deborah Baker Jr., who is uh, wonderful, wonderful, and plays uh, Denise, Stan's daughter, and uh, Nate Mooney, who you also saw up there, who plays uh, Deputy Leon Drinkwater, right. um, both amazing. But did Deborah tell you that when she talked to Bob, when we came back for season two, of all the people in our crew to say, well, now I watched it, but I don't, I don't know if I care for all the violence. It's very gory. <laughs> Our, but yeah, the person yeah. who provided 99.9% of the gore was surprised that our show was so gory. Well, that actually goes like, again, these fascinating people that you meet in production, this guy, in, in the armory of weapons that these people use to fight the monsters on the show, there's this very primitive crossbow on the wall in the armory and I was in there one day with Bob and Bob goes uh, oh that one's mine and I go what? and he goes yeah we was in, uh, we was in Vietnam and we was down in the south and the people uh, they didn't have a lot of ordnance so we cleaned them out and uh, I was walking down through and I saw that and I thought well that's going to go home with me <laughs> oh so you took it off a dead guy look I actually work hard too, Bob. <laughs> yeah, I know these people that just have these. Bob told me, I dumped a bucket of goo on Billy Murray in the first Ghostbusters. He didn't appreciate it at all. Well, but, Daddy, uh, you actually touched upon something that I want to talk about, which is the practical effects and how much like slime budget you have and yeah. blood budget, and things are exploding all over the place, usually involving you two. So about how much fake blood would you say you've ingested since starting. I mean, I'm not sure how much fake blood I've ingested, but I did get vomited on by a demon. That's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, and that was definitely, it was like 4 o'clock in the morning. In a swamp. Uh, in a swamp in Atlanta in blistering heat and humidity, even though it was 4 in the morning. And I was told that the vomit would, <laughs> the vomit would be like a couple seconds long. Like, oh, it's going to go. And then, uh, for whatever reason, it just kept coming and coming and coming yeah. and uh, I did fear for my life temporarily I was like this is how I die I am going to drown in a special effect goo that would be the worst way to go literally the worst way she to died go. doing what she loves <laughs> being vomited on yep. and it was one of the few times I did walk up to Janet after the take and went look I'm really sorry I thought of this in my kitchen and I thought it sounded funny but here at four in the morning in the snake swamp, I realize it's maybe not that funny. <laughs> John, what's the most disgusting thing that you've had to do on this show so far? Uh, Dana, what's the most? Dis- I can't. I can't remember what you've done to me. Um, yeah, it's called. It's called blocking it out. In four years, you'll be jogging, and at one point, you'll just fall to your knees and start screaming. I'm trying to. Uh, what about when the? What about when Murgatroyd exploded? Did you get a bunch of uh, like? Ham thrown on you? What? Yeah, yeah he had like to fu- a bunch you of had floppy to throw, ham. We had uh, oh yeah, the pig demon. Uh, John had to throw raw bacon at a giant pig puppet. Uh, that was the Murgatroyd, the pig demon, and then we blew it up in the room in the house, and that got a little ripe after a couple of weeks. Because I don't know if you've ever been in Atlanta in July, but try to imagine living inside a delicious banana bread. <laughs> It's so very, very moist. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. It's not a 
It, yeah, it, it's it's very uh, it's very steamy and wet. And to add to that, the things that they do to create uh, goo and to get in the in the goo cannon, which you know I I used to use the expression goo cannon all the time. Okay, but all now right. to me it literally Listen, means a goo cannon. I. Uh, and uh, yeah, and it's just that with the heat, it's pretty right. But I love practical effects. I love real monsters. I love uh, people in rubber suits. I love uh, makeup appliances. I, I, I like it. I think you can always, always, always tell. And uh, like I was very excited to see Alien Covenant. And then when the alien, when the chestburster came out, I was like, oh, look at that totally fake computery chestburster. The easiest effect in the world to do. Literally a sock puppet, but they spent $40,000 doing it fake. I like it when it's real. I like when you can see it. Well, John, you also act as a producer on the show. <laughs> and if elected to this country's highest office, Please run on that platform yeah. for president. If I'm elected, I'll just blow it up. Um, so, John, I, I was going to say, besides acting, you're also a producer on the show. So how do you kind of approach, knowing that this is about um, monsters and specifically witches, what kind of monster tropes you're going to work with and have them land and which ones you want to try and avoid? Um, well, as a producer on this, I think the, the biggest uh, function I perform is uh, helping shape some of the scripts a little bit and yeah. then in post. Mm -hmm. I'm really comfortable in post. I had a post-production company in New York for about nine years. Oh, okay. And so uh, Dan is great in post and so I get to come in and just um, hopefully in a positive way just uh, contribute different ideas in post. Mm -hmm. the, the joke Dana has is it's the, a half hour of television is 21 minutes and 30 seconds. And so um, remember when Friends used to supersize an episode? Well, there's no such thing as supersizing an episode. When you shoot an episode, it's 35 minutes. Yeah. And then you got to start doing Sophie's Choice with the different editing cuts to get it down to 21 minutes and 30 seconds. I remember when we were doing Scrubs, some storylines would just be jettisoned because it's 21 minutes and 30 seconds and there's going to be casualties. Yeah. So and i got to say, I don't think Sophie had to make a choice as hard as some of the ones I've had to make in editing. I'm unfamiliar with the story, but I know the phrase. Can I just, this is, a, this is only on topic to exactly that, but, but honestly, choice. how many people have actually seen the movie, and then how many people have heard of what the movie is about, and that's all they're going off of? I've never seen it, but I know what it is, because now it's become this iconic thing. Raise your hand if you have seen the movie Sophie's Choice. Raise your hand if you know and can make a reference to Sophie's Choice and never have seen the movie. Yeah. Oh my God! Now, That's who has wrong. seen who so has wrong. seen Sophie's <laughs> Choice Covenant? Because it's so easy to get real kids, but they're clearly CG. Her choice was totally CG. Oh my God! Thank you guys. That satisfied a, a quandary I didn't even know was haunting me until just then. I didn't even realize this was a problem until you brought it up. And oh my Tonight God, you'll you guys. finally sleep. That's right. Yeah. This is where we air all our grievances about past films we've never seen. But the way the show is created is it's a, it's a sitcom trapped in a horror movie. Yeah. It's basically, what if The Exorcist came to Mayberry, but Andy and Barney behave the way Andy and Barney behave, uh, and the monsters are real, and the people, be, the people are funny because they behave somewhat normally. So speaking of the monsters being real, I saw that you actually do have some, and I'm using air quotes on this one, but kind of real life-based monsters, like Baphomet makes an appearance, obviously right. the witches, and hearkening back to the Salem witch trials. Um, do you actually have any lore that you research in order to bring it to the show, or is it all just kind of like, uh, you, you kind of just go with whatever process that you have decided to go with, with it in your brain? Well, there's a history. The, 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 the premise of the show is uh, there was a, a constable in the 1600s who was jealous of the witch burnings in Salem, where they burned or, or imprisoned 21 people, and he wanted to up the ante, so he burned 172. Uh, and none of them were witches, but now they've cursed every sheriff who is ever in this town. And so for years, every sheriff Willard's Mill has had has died an early violent death in office. 
except for Stan. And the reason is, uh, his wife knew about the curse and went around at night fighting demons behind his back. The first episode starts after she passes away of natural causes, and now he's left to fend for himself. He quickly gets fired. He's replaced by uh, Janet Varney, and they together have to learn how to fight these demons based on this leftover knowledge that his wife left them in the house. And uh, I'm a horror movie guy, and I've seen everything, and so I basically just go, what, what, what would be... What would be fun to have because I have 172 different things that I can do. And sometimes like the Baphomet, that's a real thing that fits into the lore. And then other times it's like, I love werewolf movies. You know what would be great? Let's do one, but instead of a wolf, it's a pony. That'd be funny. A pony with big bloody fangs, but still a cute pony. And then because I have this show, I get to go to the special effects house in Van Nuys and go, I need a terrifying Shetland pony. And then some poor guy has to sculpt it. Actually, um, John, I should have asked this before, but I wanted to touch base about you being in post and having to kind of do Sophie's Choice. Is there anything that you had to cut out that you kind of now, in hindsight, was like, damn it, I really wish we would have brought that back and maybe we would see in like future seasons? I can't remember that exactly, but uh, this season, Dana made the, the arc, it's only an eight-episode season, mm-hmm. and Dana made the arc this year so ambitious, and there's an overriding journey that Stan has to go on, uh, that it's just an incredibly ambitious five weeks of shooting, and then I guess we'll sweeten it best we can in post. Yeah, and we have a, we have a, a new demon this year called the Wraith, which is a, a flying, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a flying s- skeletal roots based creature. <laughs> And it's You're just, in good company. These people yeah, know what I know. That means. It's just like, like, like the, totally got it. It's just like you go like I'd like it to fly. I like it to look like a skirt sc- kind of a skeleton, but I want it to fly. And then the special effects guys goes, "Well, if it comes out of the ground, maybe it should be half like bones and half roots." And then they'll do it and I'll go, "Yeah, what if instead of a guy's skull it was like a goat skull?" Yeah, let's try a goat skull. They'll take off the horns. Oh, that's perfect. And it's just that's the fun the fun of it. It's just it's just making shit up. <laughs> no, but I do feel... I was going to say, too, that um, because I love the, the story arc uh, that it really most particularly affects um, Stan's character, uh, the character of Stan, I should say, in the second season, is that there is real... There's a real heart to the show, too. It could, it could be just goofy and scary and crazy, but yeah. I feel like it's there's there's sentiment and there's real stuff that it's grounded in that you actually do get to care about, and that matters to someone like me who is a huge fan of things like Buffy, where you do get to kind of get into this universe building, and you, I want to care what happens to characters. Right. The, funny you know, even if I'm wor- the funny stuff doesn't work if it's not grounded in reality and in real emotion. And I was definitely of the belief when we were coming up with the show, I, uh, two things. I wanted the show to be the kind of show that I wanted to see as a kid. It's like, this is a show that I made because I wanted to watch it. And when I talked about it, I wanted to have to compete with bands that were warming up. Those were the two things <laughs> that I had in my mind. And... Uh, but there's a deep lore to the show, and I thought that that was just this thing that I would have to get out of the way to do the really funny episodes, like the pony or the demon baby that we have this year. It's a demon, but it's a baby, but it's giant, but it's still a baby. And, um, and uh, uh, what I was surprised about when the show was on was that people really gravitated more towards the the shows that had more of the lore and the mythology of the show, uh, and uh, they were more invested in that. I was actually uh, genuinely surprised by that. So this year I thought, well, on those episodes, maybe I'll try. (laughs) We brought in a special emotions consultant (laughs) to to come to understand how the... Rob Cohen, the special emotions consultant. How does the human heart work? i got to write that into a script. (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's more than them. I have two emotions: rage and suppressed rage. And oh my I've god, been me too. Pulling from both of them. Which one of those? <laughs> <in> me- <laughs> yeah. Didn't see it with the meeting. Yeah. <laughs> oh. 
Which one results in the eating of the full jar of peanut butter? For me, it's the suppressed rage. <laughs> yeah, that's I don't know, for you, my, okay, great. Yeah, using, <laughs> using cashews as a pillow to smother my emotions. Eddie Krasnick. I actually really enjoy the relationship that you guys have as characters on the show. This kind of like, just like best friends, basically, that kind of stumbled. And then adding Denise to the mix as well is like fantastic. And I find myself interested in the witch angle, but wanting to just watch your characters interact the most. It's hilarious, and I love it, and it's totally charming. It's well, really well, as nice. the only person on this stage whose laugh works, yeah. I take your compliment. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so really quick before we move into Q&A, um, you mentioned that you're really into werewolves. I am. Obviously, you wrote about witches. Is there anything else that you guys, uh, on the paranormal or occult level, are fascinated by or believe? Or have had an experience. Heck, if you've seen UFOs or ghost stories, I'll take those too. Oh, that'd be great if that were true. I'm still waiting for all of those things to be proven to me, but, uh, and I'm ready. I'm ready! Nothing. Not here? Okay. Um, But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I love, listen, I'm super developing my ESP. There's no way at some point I'm not going to be able to move things with my mind. I just, that's that's just mind over matter, quite literally. Yes. (laughs) I'll get there. The spoon is not. A I saw spoon. a ghost in New Hampshire once. Did you really? Yes. Are you messing with me or for real? No, I saw. There's a camp that I went to as a kid, and then I came back, and I was walking as an adult. I was walking from the lake back up to the cabins, and I was not overserved, and, <laughs> and I saw a motherfucking ghost. <laughs> A person? It was a fucking ghost. I don't know what the fuck I mean, it was. It was, was a ghost. Was it a mist? Was it a full apparition? Could you see through it? Did you think it thought it was a real person? There's so many variations No, that's true. Here. That's true. <laughs> it was some shit over by the... It was a ghost. What'd you do? I fucking ran. <laughs> awesome. This man don't lie. But he cannot lie. That's under the premise that you could outrun the ghost. Like, yeah. Yeah. Ah, fucking guy is really running. <laughs> I wish I was a healthier person when I died. I'd be a faster running ghost. Oh, gosh. All right, so really quick before we pop into Q&A. So, guys, if you have any questions, start lining up in front of the microphone down here in the middle of the aisle. Um, would Dana, would you like to show us a little sneak peek for season two? Yeah, we have put together a, a couple of things from season two that will show you some of the... Oh, I was just going to say, I don't know. I haven't seen what you put together. I was going to ask if you show any of the, um, the f- sort of flashbacks of, like, origin story. Because that's yeah. one other cool thing that happens yeah. is we, you can see original Willard's Mill and, uh, and see how some of these things came to be or the first time these kind of demon creatures came to be. And our friend Jonah Ray, our friend Jonah Ray did an episode this year. Yes, um, Jonah Ray from Mystery Science Old-timey Theater. style. Uh, we have uh, also David Kepner, Jeffrey Combs. We have a lot of great uh, Patty McCormick uh, from The Bad Seed guest stars this year. We were able to sort of expand the universe. So this is just a little uh, thing um, that I put together one night when Pornhub was down. And um, uh, it gives you a little bit of the backstory of how the show came to be and a couple of scenes from uh, this second season, which we are in the middle of filming still. Um, and, uh, and hopefully that'll inspire a couple of questions. Awesome. I'm going to stand right here. I'm... You know the witch trials down in Salem, right? You know how many witches they burned down there? Twenty. You know how many witches Thaddeus Eccles burned in Willard's Mill? 172. One person burned 172 people for witchcraft? One sheriff. And ever since, every sheriff we've ever had has died an early, violent, horrible death. That, except Stan, right? I found this one out by the train tracks. Kevin, what happened to you? you that the next patron will order uh, whiskey and water and one of those eggs. No one's going to order those eggs. They're stored in that comb juice from the barbershop. Barkeep, I'll have a whiskey and water and one of those eggs. (laughs) 
Right, laugh all you want, but in about four minutes, your ass is going to open up like that elevator in The Shining. is something akin to Ronette Pulaski on Twin Peaks, <laughs> yes. the original Twin Peaks. Uh, right, go ahead. Yeah. Is it working? Here, if uh, the mic doesn't oh. work, use my laugh. Okay, there we go. Uh, oh, right. Oh, wow. Uh, hi, my name is Emmanuel. Um, I had a quick question for John. John, when you were doing Scrubs, uh, it came out on one of the DVDs that the idea of calling JD random girls' names was all you. Nobody else told you to do that. You just did it on the fly. Did you pull any pranks or anything like that during Stand Against Evil? I'm not much of a pranks guy. The reason I started calling Zach girls' names is because uh, my neighbor and my one of my dear friends, Johnny Cusack, was acting a little precious, and so we just kind of made him the queen of Malibu and started calling him girls' names. And so I just kind of adapted that to some of Zach's behavior, and the executive producer, Billy Lawrence, liked it, and he just put it in and, and how, stuck. And how far in advance did you actually have the list of names? Because uh, um, seven se- no, I'm sorry, nine seasons of just girls' names, girls' names, girls' names, girls' names, girls' names, even book names. Murder, She Wrote, for instance. Well, when you, when you get somebody like Billy Lawrence or Dana Gould, and if something works, they mine it. They just mine it. And so Billy, Billy dug that one out pretty hard. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, appreciate it. Please, uh, no more questions about Scrubs or questions for John or Janet. <laughs> Thank you. Hello. Hey. Um, during the show, did you guys have any stunts that stood out to you or were incredibly difficult or anything like that? Uh, first of all, uh, this is our my friend Tiana um, who I met through uh, San Francisco Sketch Fest, uh, Sketch Fest. Um, Hi T! Hey. Uh, uh, well, uh, yeah, stunts. Um, I love doing stunts because I never thought anyone would ask me to or let me do anything at all and we have an amazing stunt coordinator named Bob Fisher who is awesome. He makes me want to take like stuntman classes, stunt he was person in that, classes. I should say. He was in that car that flipped he over. He was in the car that flipped over. That was an amazing uh, stunt in of itself um, but he's he's awesome um, and anything that he thinks like he always says like do you want to try this I mean within reason um, so pretty much everything that I've had any experience with at all I've really enjoyed and also Johnny's been amazing about certain things that I just haven't done a lot in my career like punch people or hit people or knock people out or knock heads off of things um, and so he, he's been like okay you're going to sell it better like, like this and so I've had some on the job training with that um, that you know if I ever come across a demon whose head I can easily uh, you know chop off or hit with a log of some kind I'm in golden shape now Bob yeah. did come to me at the beginning of the year and go um, hey nobody catches on fire this year Bonus. so you, you have to disappoint people sometimes <laughs> Thank you. Hey, how's it going? Uh, questions for uh, John. So, uh, I know, uh, first of all, Dana, sorry, but it is kind of a question about Scrubs. Uh, 
It's partial, partial, partial. Actually, wait, Dana, no, I do have a question for you. How you doing? I don't care. Don't. <laughs> you talk about shows all day long. Dana. How you doing? You okay? That's all right. All right, so make sure. I was so, on a show too. You might have heard of it. Little Yellow Family Animated. Don't worry. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of similarities between the characters Perry and Stan. So just one question: Is that a character that you're just comfortable playing, or is how much of that is actually just you? Um, I. I think they're very different just because I think Dr. Cox was really, really SAT-wise, very smart, and he's a great surgeon, and in the bottom of the ninth, if you're really in trouble in the hospital, he's the one you want to helping you. And Stan is really just a guy who wants to be in his recliner watching the History Channel and, and gunning about 12 beers. And so uh, there, there's t two very different ends of the spectrum. and. Like I always tell Janet, I'm kind of a rhythm player. I, I, I'd like to take Dana's words and find the rhythm of them, just like I did in Scrubs. And so some of those rhythms are, uh, uh, I can't help but impose them on the, on the words. Right. Also, just absolutely love the show. Keep, keep it going. More seasons, more everything. Absolutely love it. Thanks, brother. You're talking about Scrubs, because I, I, I think it's canceled. Oh, and Jan, Cora's awesome. Thanks. Hello, uh, my name is Dakota, and I hate to disappoint you, Dana, but I have a question for John about Scrubs. <laughs> we should have had a Scrubs line and then a, like a miscellaneous so, line. Turn question, the knife! <laughs> my question for John is, what Scrubs character or actor would you like to bring on the show to kill off as a demon? That's a great question. I think Neil Flynn, who's one of the most talented people I've ever met, he could come on and just crush. He would crush anything Dana wrote for him. He'd crush he played the janitor on Scrubs. All right, thank you so much. By the way, um, for uh, seven years, I was a writer on The Simpsons, so if anybody would like to ask me about Scrubs, I'll happily take that question. Uh, hi, I'm Amber. Uh, how many witches out do you have planned up? Do you just, or do you just go like, oh, shit, ponies, why That's not? a great question. Uh, there were know. no witches on Scrubs. Next question, thank you. <laughs> Uh, there's, there's 172, so we're gonna. But, but but the question was, how many of those 172 do you have ideas about in your mind, right? Oh, yeah. that's a great question. Um, enough. <laughs> you just have like a list. Ample. Yeah, <laughs> ample. Yeah, no. I, I there's fortunately there's no uh, like I get because like all of you, I see every movie and you read a ton of crap and it, and it all kind of percolates in there so um, it, it's uh, right now at least it's fortunate that I have not enough episodes to accommodate the ideas um, I, I hope to one day be in the situation that, that Matt Groening once said about The Simpsons which was we're going to do the show until we run out of ideas and then we'll do it for three more seasons <laughs> what do you do if you run out of witches then you only have 172 can you only have 172 episodes then? Uh, no, if they want more, I'll come up. You watch how quickly I'll find it. <laughs> I'll find the last demon might split into 40 demons when you shoot it. Who knows? Yeah, there you go. Hey, thank you. Uh, thanks. First off, I don't have a question about scrubs, but... Um, Next. In, in, in Point Break, if you had to give Keanu Reeves a girl name, what would you, what comes to mind? For Keanu? Thank you. Susan. <laughs> That's a catch-all girl's name. It works, man. I, I just want to fanboy out a little bit, too. John, I've been a fan of yours since Watch It in the 90s. And Point Break, Agent Harp, I played him uh, two Halloweens running. And then, of course, I played Dr. Cox, probably three Halloweens running. <laughs> I work in an emergency room, and they're like, have you seen Scrubs? You're just like that guy, because you're an asshole, too. So... <laughs> I, I, we identify, I see right where, and I'm going to need it. So in other words, you're filled with self-loathing, and you hate yourself more than anyone else in the world. Bitterness, cynicism, There hatred, you go, that a girl. And empathy. It's Good to have you on board. Parts. And Dana, I've been watching your stand-up for probably 30 years, and I'm oh, a big fan when you got hired on Simpsons. I'm like, it's about fucking time. Thanks. Fantastic. I love every second of it. Thank you guys for doing the show. Thanks. And Janet, I saw you on the Joko Cruise. Hi, remember me? Hi. <laughs> okay. This is Eddie Pepitone. Hi, Eddie. How are I you? Have a, I have a question for you, Dana. First, Jessica, 
My son is jealous I'm in the presence of you. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> My son is jealous I'm in the presence of you. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> John, your characters are a part of my household. <laughs> Janet, you never answered Marin's question on chat show. I never answered Marin's question on, oh, on Kevin Pollock's chat show? Well, what, I can't remember what it was. Hardwick? What? Hardwick? Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And I loved your... Uh, Listen, on, that on, kid is going places. I know. Pretty soon... <laughs> My prediction is, and I know, but like pretty soon a lot of people are going to know who Chris Hardwick is. Pretty soon. Mark my words. I said it here at his festival. <laughs> pretty soon. I'm, I'm glad you had a sense of humor. I didn't mean to. Thanks for coming. And, oh, uh, and I you, love your work on Thrilling. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thrilling Adventure Hour. Thank you. And Dana, podcast? Yeah, I, quite, podcast? I, I churn them out one a month. Like, huh? like a, uh, Can like I an oval. <laughs> and uh, I quite literally will be going back tonight to finish the next podcast, which will be out next week. It, it is the best podcast. Thank you very there. much. And, uh, and if I'm, it requires a lot of work, but pays very little, <laughs> I'll be there. Every time I go to Amazon, I go through your your. Oh, page. thank you. That's kind. I appreciate it a lot. And I spend a lot of money on Amazon. <laughs> And yeah, I saw you in Walnut Creek. In Walnut the Creek, the Walnut Creek Punchline. Yeah. Which is now a mattress superstore. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> the world of my youth is gone. <laughs> Big fan. Thank you very much. Thank you. About lower, okay, a little short here. Uh, I just want to say, uh, thanks. Uh, I'm a big fan of all of you. Uh, thanks for coming out here. I know it can't be easy, especially with the schedule you guys have and uh, our, our nice kind of hot weather here in the Bay Area. Um, oh, this is, this oh, yeah. is nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we flew out from a place where we have to have a snake wrangler with us. Oh, this is fair, fair uh, Yeah, we were One of the things we were shooting yesterday was just outside at a cafe. It was a casual conversation, and we had to do the take again because a breeze had kicked up, and my hair looked like it was strangling me. Yes. Because I, just from sitting out there for a second, I was so sweaty that it just went like... Whoosh, and then it just stayed there, and I had like a neck beard yeah. that I didn't know about. And in, in, in the episode with Jeffrey Combs from, you know, from Reanimator, we were shooting out by this lake, and I heard one of these sentences that you never thought you'd hear. Can we get the snake wrangler here right away? Yeah. We have a snake wrangler. And there was a king snake out on the dock that we were shooting on, and uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of snakes, but it was uh, fascinating to watch, and then it just swam away. Crazy. Awesome, awesome. Actually, I have a question for uh, John and Janet. Was there anything that you saw in the script, either in season one or season two, that you thought, is this really going to work? And uh, part two of that is, Dana, if they ever came up to you and said, is this really going to work, do you just show them your necklace of Emmys you've won from The <laughs> Simpsons and say, yeah. No. Well, you go first. Then. He's not like he's he's actually uh, the, uh, an incredible collaborator, and is um, it, it's a it's a really really great set to work on. He's funny, and uh, obviously he's a genius. But oh. he's that he's not the kind of genius that doesn't think anyone else is a genius, and he will laugh as hard and as loud at something that somebody pops off with, uh, uh, you know, as as something that's been carefully crafted. I will crafted. take credit for funny. I'll take credit for anybody's. And he idea. will take credit for anybody's joke. Um, I was going to say that uh, there's an episode in the first season where I'm I get stuck in a spider web, and the way he originally wrote it, I was upside down. And I had to do uh, I had to do some upside down work in another show, and it was so uncomfortable and awful that I was seriously scared, and I was so anxious because I didn't want to ask. I wasn't I wasn't going to say please don't put me upside down. I was like I got to do this again. I'm just going to have to do this. Uh, and then for practical reasons that didn't involve me, I didn't have to be upside down. But that was one of those moments where I was reading the script and I was like, oh no. Also, I don't like spiders. So it was a double whammy. I still had to deal with a super creepy spider demon, though, with, like, pincers for a face. And it's also, by the way, very interesting when you meet the, um, the actors who are playing creatures and you meet them as creatures first. 
because like what's more startling is seeing their real faces and that's a true like yeah. both people that did the creatures last year when I met them and they weren't in their monster makeup I was like oh and, hello and our our spider creature that she's talking about also played the creature in Stranger Things oh yeah Mark and I didn't know I didn't see Stranger Things until we it came out while show. we were almost done yeah. with our show and we have the same police station and so I was watching Stranger Things after we wrapped, and I, they pulled in front of the police station, and I went, oh, no. <laughs> and then they went in there, and it's like, I, I peed in that room. I peed right in that door there. In that uh, room? Was it a bathroom? Yeah, the yeah, bathroom right when you walk in the peed? station. I wanted to clarify that. <laughs> no, I didn't just go pee I needed, in another room. I needed some room. clarification on that yeah. one. <laughs> Johnny, but, I, but in terms of just the, to answer your question, like, you don't really know if it's going to work until it all cuts together. My approach to the show is there are there's a certain number of laughs and a certain number of scares that I I feel very confident if we get them right it's going to work. And then it's up to letting people you, the, the 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 easiest part of running a show is also sometimes the hardest letting people do their jobs. And I'm surrounded by incredibly talented people. If you step back and let them do their jobs, they will, they will make you look great, you know? And uh, uh, so I trust in the people that work on the show with me uh, that it'll somehow come together. John, what about you? Did you have anything that you looked at the script and were like, oh my God? No, uh, I just always feel like Dana puts it on a launch pad so that the, ele the actors can elevate it from there. So it, what's already on the page is either a, a B plus or an A minus, and the actors can affect you know, a 10% change. But if, it, if it's not a B plus on the page when you show up in Atlanta, it's, it's not gonna go. If it's a C, you can make it a C plus, and that's pretty much it. And so to get it from Dana in such a, in, in such a great position so that the actors can elevate it is a real treat. Nice. And Ten times out of ten, what you come up with in the moment is better than what's on the page. That's that, not true. Well, true reaction. Well, I think that when we when we are beating a joke, or okay. you're saying a joke, it's like inevitably the one we come up with on the spot is the one that we'll use. Gotcha. Because it's just part of the live ferment. Essence. Guys, we're almost out of time, so we can either have one long question or two short ones. Yeah, do you mind passing it back to them since you already had a shot? Thanks. All right. Two short ones. Oh, wait. If there's three people, we're not going to make one oh. last, but right? We could do yeah. three short ones, right? All right. You got saved. Could Shannon each of you just you. ask as long as the they're first all scrubs, third of your question? Three scrubs questions. We will not take any other question. It has to be three scrubs. This one's for Dana. Uh, what was your favorite Simpsons episode to write and why? Uh, the, the favorite one that I wrote was my, my favorite episode of Scrubs, you're asking? <laughs> uh, the guy on Scrubs that comes out with a top hat and goes, mistake, is named Dana Gould. Um, that's true, look in the credits. Uh, my favorite episode of The Simpsons was an episode called Mugu Gai Pan, where they flew back to China to adopt a baby for Marge's sister Selma, because that was based on my experience going to China to adopt my daughters. Um, so that has an emotional resonance to me. The funniest episode I wrote, I thought was the first one I wrote, which was called uh, Homer the Mo, where Homer took over the bar. And that was also like stand based on my dad, who was a bartender when I was a kid. So there you go. Thank you. Yeah. Hello. Uh, this question is for Janet, actually. Big fan of the JV Club. Uh, no, you're doing the Boys of Summer. Uh, any clue on who you're going to finish it out with? And it, could it possibly be Dana or John? Well, Dana's done it. I did it. This one I keep threatening to put him on. <laughs> um, put me in. So we'll I'll do, do it. In it. A second. So we'll definitely do that. Yeah. And then uh, and then I got some. I have a couple I've recorded before I left. And then yeah, I'll, I'll, I've got some more lined up. And and uh, you'll just have to wait and see. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Hi. You know what? Actually, only two questions. Yeah, I think so. that's good. <laughs> Uh, question for everyone, and it is a Stand Against Evil question. If everyone, each of you could kill 
one mythical creature, monster, what would it be? If each of us could kill one mythical creature or monster, what would it be? Oh, that's... uh, Hmm? (laughs) A mythical creature? I would say the non-narcissistic comedian. (laughs) That mythical being of lore. The selfless, only interested in others, stand-up comedian. And you would kill it. And I would kill it. Because it's ruining the bell curve for the rest of us. Um, I will say the answer that just immediately popped to my mind, it's not something I've really thought about, but when you said that, I had like a sudden realization of how deeply uh, impactful uh, Sigourney Weaver killing the big alien in Aliens when she's in the lift, the forklifter kind of thing. That lifter? Is a lifter? What's it called? Um, uh, I think that was, sorry. Lifter. I know, I really apologize for not knowing the name of that device. Can't believe uh, you're so, can't believe you're so I think stupid. that was like a really, like in terms of powerful uh, women heroes and just how terrifying that alien was and then having her, you know, uh, be able to step up and take care of business. Um, if I could experience that, like if I could sort of be her for that moment, that would be amazing. Uh, I like the pod race from The Phantom Menace. (laughs) (laughs) I would kick the living shit out of the demon who said it was okay to ever disparage or exclude people with special needs in any way or form. Medusa. I have no real reason for that other than I'm kind of obsessed with Greek mythology and I loved the story of Theseus and Wonder Woman. It's weird. Yeah, I know. It's a little... I'd like to know... I'd like to... I often wonder what shampoo she uses. Yeah. I was always entranced like a woman that has snakes for hair that move independently. How do they not bite her and get her sick? How does she not kill herself by accident? It always fascinated me. Anyway, that's my answer. Uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for coming, you guys. Yeah, thank you so much. Now leaving Nerdist.com.